LDB, 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 LDB. Good evening, LDB. It is championship week. I think I said that last time, but this is the real championship week. The one where the LDB finals will anoint a champion. And I am here, Chris Schutzer, joined as usual, but this time not as a co-host, as a, as a guest and a championship member by Mr. Michael Becker. Michael, how are you? Doing great, Chris. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Got some back flare-ups, but for the most part, things are fine and I'm recovering emotionally from my loss. Uh, of course, we're also joined by three-time LDB champion, previous guest of the podcast, uh, Mr. Brophy. Uh, Brophy, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, anytime. Uh, if you're wondering, Ian could not join us. He's a little too busy with a little one at home, and the job has, uh, has taken some of his time, so... Unfortunately, he won't be here, and we're also not joined uh, by, by Sean or, or Matt Starr. But I am very excited to be your host today, to walk you through how we got here, and maybe give everyone a little bit of a preview for who's going to win the 2021 championship. So um, I have a little bit of a plan here, guys, but this can go any, any number of directions. Feel free to chime in at any point. I wanted to start by just asking how we got here. Uh, maybe the story of your season. And, and Mr. Brophy, I'm going to start with you. Matt Brophy, tell us the story of the 2021 choice. Um, yeah, sure. So um, so last year, the zombie year was kind of a down year for my whole team. Everybody kind of had down seasons, all the like, kind of long-term players that I have, um, with the exception of uh, Kershaw and Darvish, who I knew I kind of had locked in going into the season. So um, kind of built, uh, you know, based on them to begin with. Um, and then uh, had a number of kind of young, kind of upsidey players that could kind of go one way or another. Otani was obviously one of them um, that obviously worked out really well. But there have been some others like like Victor Robles is, is an afterthought at this point. But, you know, in the preseason, I was really excited about him. Um, so yeah, uh, some of those really worked out this year. Some of them didn't, but I would say um, what got me here, um, my pitching, my starting pitching at the beginning of the year with Darvish and Kershaw and obviously breakout from Carlos Rodon um, and Luis Garcia uh, was really strong at the beginning half, of, at the beginning of the year. Um, and that kind of really carried me most of the way through the regular season. And it's really kind of been on fumes the past month or so. I think everybody's rightfully gotten tired at the end of a long season after the short year last year. Um, but yeah, I would say that's really what's carried me. And then obviously Otani is really the breakout star. Um, just to have him be so good on both sides uh, is, is a huge difference maker for me. So yeah, that's how the choice got there this year. And uh, obviously beat me in the, in the semifinals last week. Uh, really strong performance by a number of players that you sent down. Uh, I feel like I, I want to ask uh, Becker the open-ended question, and I will in just a second, but can we take a quick second on some of these choices? I mean, you sent wisdom down. 
tell me, tell me how, how did you make that call? Dudes has 27 homers and he's been hot as hell. Yeah. Well, he actually, not the past month though. Like he actually hasn't been good for, I don't know, a month, six weeks, something like that. Like he's, he's continued to hit, you know, the occasional homer, but, um, and obviously he was great and carried me through the second half offensively second half of the regular season, but um, he's been down. And then honestly, in these like short game season or these short game series, um, he only has five games this week. The Cubs only play five games this week. Um, and uh, Tutsugo, uh, who plays for the pirates um, who has been really hot the past month uh, play seven games. So that was kind of the difference for me. I did. I was, I, I was wondering if that was literally the choice that it came down to. Yeah. Uh, and then on the pitching side, obviously letting Darvish go, I, we, we already heard Dubner chirp about that uh, after he was, I, I mean, I got to just praise you for a second. That was the call of the century, benching him on Monday and then starting him on Saturday. That, that really was the matchup right there. Well, uh, so, so the the benching, like I was pretty wary of what he would do because the Giants were really good at the beginning of the year. I'm sorry, at the beginning of that week. And then starting him on Sunday against you was just sheer desperation. Like I didn't, I wouldn't have made innings if I hadn't thrown him out there. And then obviously he was great. So I got really lucky with that. So that totally could have gone the other way. And then, you know, we'd be talking, the two of you would just be talking in a, in a finals preview. Well, uh, I, I didn't, I don't really want to talk about my team, uh, but it was, you, you did a great job. And I really, that's what I wanted to say. It like that one really could have gone either way. I appreciate that. But honestly, I, I felt like you managed it brilliantly and that's the fun of it. So, um, you know, there's no shame in losing. I, I, I have not given it too much thought since, uh, Mr. Becker, it's your turn. I, I think the podcast has heard a fair amount about the tone of this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually think you're going to take this in a fun direction. So why don't you tell us the story of the droids that we are all staring at? Uh, because we know that they're good. Thank you. Thank you for the recognition. Finally, Chris, it's been long, <laughs> long coming. No, so I took the ghost season really, really seriously last year, uh, in large part because of just my mental health. It was good to uh, focus on something other than COVID. And so... Uh, I did really well. I ended up in the finals. And as we discussed last week, uh, Sean actually conceded to me on Friday. I ended up losing the finals, but I, I came out of it with some confidence to know that I could do this, that I could play fantasy baseball and compete against uh, guys like yourselves uh, who are really, really solid. So uh, I knew coming into the season that uh, I had the chance to be pretty competitive in the off season, I, I made what I thought was a pretty important deal with Ian to get major league caliber guys. So I made it, I swung a trade for uh, Luke Voigt, Josh Hader, and Miguel Sano. And I knew I wanted to lock in a, a closer. I knew I wanted, uh, you know, Luke, Luke Voigt on that contract. Sano was kind of a throw in and I was willing to um, excise some of my farm system, which was pretty large. So that kind of put me in a position where, all right, I've got like at least league average guys, if not a little bit better. Um, and then I knew once Frommer Valdez went down, uh, who I was prepared to keep, I knew that I had almost no starting pitching. And all I've heard in the three and a half, four years that I've been in this league is that 
starting pitching is king, that in order to compete, you need strong starting pitching. I looked at my roster and realized I wasn't going to spend 50 to 50 million on Max Scherzer. I wasn't going to spend 30 on, on Gaussman uh, that you know, potentially I could get one of those guys. Uh, I could get like Kenta Maeda and then I'd get a bunch of league minimum guys. So I realized uh, that it, the, the only thing that I can really do to somehow compete is, is just ramp up on relief pitching, take VJ and try to fill the rest of innings with guys who would eat innings. Uh, I drafted Freddie Peralta as a uh, relief pitcher who might go four innings at a time. So I, before the draft, I went on fan graphs and tried to get a sense of who's, who had what role and which relief pitchers would um, throw the most innings. So anywhere from like 70 to 100 and just like tried to hammer those guys. And then on top of that, I tried to value guys, uh, older pitchers uh, like Adam Wainwright, who may not be sexy, but we're probably going to throw about 180 innings, even if it came with like a 4-4 ERA. So I had kind of a very deliberate strategy of just trying to focus on a lot of innings um, and then just taking a couple pitching categories. And I think it became pretty clear that that was, that was my strength and that was going to work out much better than I anticipated. Uh, so you know, not only did Peralta hit as a starting pitcher, uh, but Robbie Ray, who was one of those guys uh, like Wainwright to be a bulk inning seater hit and is now potentially a Cy Young candidate. Um, you know, the, bull the bullpen was phenomenal all year. So I went from thinking that like K's were out of the question every week and MGS was out of the question every week to that actually being my strength. Uh, and then, you know, I've had really, really solid performances from the guys I needed to have solid performances from. So Jose Ramirez, back to having an awesome season. I had a hunch Bryce Harper would have a good year. Uh, he's had a, an MVP year. Brandon Lau, you know, I almost gave up on Brandon Lau a couple times, but he's damn near hit 35 home runs. Uh, and then, you know, made a couple deals mid-season to plug some holes. So I was really lean at shortstop, but Carlos Correa was big and then swung a deal late in the season to get Nolan Arenado's depth, thinking that um, Jose Ramirez had some sort of silly wrist injury, thinking that I needed like some sort of replacement. Um, but Jose Ramirez has not gone down and Arenado has been, you know, kind of what I expected him to be. So it all kind of came together. I realized pretty quickly I had, I had, a, I had a good team, but it wasn't probably until midseason in the trade deadline when I realized it was a, a very good team. So I didn't want to jinx it early in the season, which is why I was trying to throw you off the scent. Not very successfully, I know, but um, you know, there there came there came a pivot point mid-season where I was like, "All right, these these guys are pretty good. This is pretty exciting." Uh, I had, you know, I was really hopeful that I could be at this point playing against someone like Brophy, and and here I am. So I'm really pumped about it. I think the move, the best move you made all season was drafting Robbie Ray. Um... I think he has really stabilized. Oh, actually, it's probably Wainwright, if I'm being honest. The, the, the pair of them, I, it sort of picked your poison for who was more important. I think they were probably equally important. But uh, without those two guys and the savings that they represented, I, I, I don't know that you're here. Um, but it's a, it's a really impressive effort. You deserve to be proud, both of you. Uh, very well managed. I think the thing that this sets you two apart from the average 
owner in our league is the amount that you've both worked the wire this year as well. I, I think you've really grinded. Uh, Brophy, I've come to expect that from you, but Becker, I think that that's something that you've really uh, shown uh, a commitment to this year and, and it's impressive. So I think without further ado, I'm going to try to get a little more granular for our listeners on uh, what might decide this finals. Uh, since I started with Brophy, I think this time I'll go to Becker. I'll go to you first. Um, why don't you tell me your, your, your biggest X factor player on your roster? And then if you want to glance over at Brophy's, tell me uh, who you worry is his X factor that, that, you know, if you find yourself the runner up, you're going to be like, damn it. It's that player that did me. A-. Sure. So last week I got a little pedantic and picked Lane Thomas. Uh, th- this week, I think it's Bryce Harper. So in a, in a championship match in a short week, you, I, th- I think you have to have your stars really producing. Uh, one, one guy, two guys can really carry a week for you. So if there's anyone who can do that, it's Bryce Harper, who is in the middle of an MVP campaign. I'm sure, I hope he is motivated to um, cement those numbers. If I know nothing about Bryce Harper is that he's pretty selfish. Uh, so he will do everything in his power to try to single-handedly win that award in the last few weeks. So if I think he's an X factor for me because this might come down to offense. I think um, pitching is so unpredictable right now. It could go a number of different ways, but whoever wins the most offensive categories, I really do think um, has a distinct advantage and Bryce Harper sets me up to do that. And then I mean, kind of similarly, I feel like Clayton Kershaw might be that guy for Brophy. Um, He had a really tough break with Carlos Rodon yesterday who only went three innings and it it's a little unclear whether he's actually going to start again. Rodon was supposed to be a two week, uh, two start pitcher for Brophy. So I think both to, to really, you know, pitch some quality innings and potentially to excel in those innings, it's Kershaw. And there's certainly some risk there, but like Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw. The, the guy's amazing. Um, and yeah, it's funny to look back and say that he is the X factor because Clayton Kershaw may be one of the only um, major league baseball players who I covered personally still playing baseball. Like I remember when he came up, I remember the last time um, he did not start opening day, uh, which was like 2010 when they had Vicente Padilla start in place of 21 year old Clayton Kershaw. So it's just kind of funny to come full circle, but I really do think that if Kershaw excels and um, Barrios excels, it's really going to put Brophy on a, a, a path to win pitching and then compete in hitting and anything can happen. Fair enough. I have a, I'm going to limit you to 30 seconds on this one because um, it's Tuesday and I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but before I go to Brophy for the X factors, you've thrown 18 innings. You have pedestrian pitching numbers. How concerned are you at this juncture? I'm not concerned until I have reason to be concerned, if that makes sense, right? Uh, you know, I, I can't get too up or down based on what they've done. I can only kind of um, match up according to what's going to happen. And I know, you know Brophy doesn't have another start until tomorrow. Uh, I think he has a couple maybe on Thursday. If, if each of his guys throw up 20 MGS, then yeah. I, I will tell like Tuesday, Michael, that I should have been more concerned, but um, no, I, I, I'm, I think we have two different strategies this week in pitching, which is kind of funny because I was all, all bullpen early in the year and now kind of 
my start, I'm, I'm relying on my starters. So it's no secret. I'm going to try and throw as many quality innings as possible and see where it gets me. Fair enough. All right, Brophy, you're up. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we get off of that, it is kind of funny how Beth started the year, uh, you know, very bullpen heavy and is now pretty starter heavy here. And I've been the reverse where my starting pitchers have just kind of fallen off and I'm trying to hold the house together a little bit. And now I have seven relievers and I'm hoping they get me to 30 innings somehow. Um, but yeah, X factors. I'm sorry. Um, so I was actually going to say Lane Thomas because <laughs> for it's such a random thing. But like, this is how championships get won in LDB. Like, just the rando guy that goes off at the end in September and that you never hear of again, or maybe you waste money HTHing him next year because he he got you a championship or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's 0 for 4 tonight, so maybe that bodes well for me. Um, and then for my team, um, Luis Garcia tomorrow night is a pretty big deal, I would say, because I feel okay about my other pitchers afterwards. Um, but I need the inning, so I, I don't think I can really risk setting him. Uh, and he's got a good matchup with the Angels, who are pretty bad. But he's he's he and Rodon uh, are pretty clearly running on fumes at this point. Um, so hopefully I can get one more, one more good start out of Garcia before, uh, the season ends. I like both those answers. Um, I think it's, uh, it's appropriate that Lane Thomas continues to make appearances on this podcast. (laughs) I I fully expect that we'll be talking about Lane Thomas in the beginning of next year as well. So, uh, 30 for 30 documentary. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't make the Cardinals outfield, but somehow you've made... (laughs) You've made Beckers uh, two weeks in a row. So there you go. Long list of guys that have done seriously. Offs between him and Wisdom and um, Rosarena. Yeah. It's whatever the Cardinal Devil Magic was, like up until five years ago, they, they appear to have just like completely decided that, you know what, rather than play those guys themselves, let's let them play for other teams and, and share that, that magic. And it, it really pisses me off. But anyway. Hard to yeah. argue with the Cardinals right now because I think they've won nine in a row, um, which is impressive given that they have no starting pitchers. Uh, anyway, let's take a silly moment. Uh, we've done a good job up until this point of just covering the uh, McQueenie bracket, and I just want both of you to go on record with who's going to win the McQueenies between Ryan and, uh, and Anton real quick. Brophy, you first this time. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, let's say Ryan, he's winning seven to five right now. And that I think is how much attention you've paid to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll say, I'll say Anton just to be contrarian. I know Anton, Anton and I have struck a number of deals over the last few years. So a soft spot for his team, but it's going to be good. Uh, Anton, I, I got to give you some credit on the cast here, man. You have done an amazing job. If you, if you win four McQueenie matches in a row, you will have earned it. You will have definitely, definitely earned it. So. Yeah. Both of them, bl- uh, Blanc, both of them they, deserve to be there. I think, I think Anton's team sort of rounded into shape during the McQueenie bracket, which is so sad, but good for him. 
Uh, okay, so let's let's go to our, our final question before we get silly, and, and that is this. Um, Becker, you, you've won three times. Last week on the cast, we talked a little bit about the, the Brophy, joy of mean. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What did I say? <laughs> you said Becker has won three times. Brophy, what a, you've what won a dream. Yeah, yeah, Becker, you've won zero times. Um, but you've also only been in the league for like, what, three years? So that's that's hardly anything to be upset about. Uh, Brophy, you, you, sir, have won the league three times. Last week, we were talking about how uh, the joy of winning is rivaled by the pain of losing. I'm oversimplifying that. But what would another championship mean to you here? Um, geez, Chris, uh, I think it would mean it, it, it never gets old. Uh, I haven't, you know, I think four or five years ago was the last time I won. Um, but I guess it means I can still be competitive in what is maybe the most competitive LDB has ever been. Um, I think the league, the collective owners in the league are probably about as good as we've ever had. Um, so winning a championship at this point, um, would just make me feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing it the right way, I guess. I, I think you have the gold standard. So I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, and just real quick on that take, like, would you say that the joy of winning is, is greater the same or, or how does it compare to the pain of losing? Cause you have lost in, in the semis and in the finals before. Yeah. So I, 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 I think maybe the thing I pride myself most on LDB is, is kind of consistent making the playoffs. Um, Cause I, I honestly, like we're, we're sitting here, Becker and I previewing the finals, but it really could have been anybody. We just won like a series of coin flips. Right. Um, so I kind of see the playoffs as kind of a crapshoot. So I try to keep myself competitive as much as I can. Um, so yeah. So the, the losing is always a pain in the ass because it, it inevitably it's like one of your players had an off week uh, or, you know, somebody just got so hot that, you know, you really couldn't do anything about it. Um, so there's always something that you agonize over that's very frustrating. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I, I would say maybe they stick with you more than the champion, than the winnings, than the winning does uh, in the end. Am I so based on that then? Do it. Do you have strong memories of the year that you and I in the semifinals took it all the way down to the final out, and we were watching? I believe it was Pablo Sandoval. Yes, and remember the pot. So, yeah. So this is that's actually really funny. You had to jog my memory, but I do because um, I can remember where I was. Um, this is so weird. Uh, my my now eight year old was one, and. and <laughs> And we were living in a one bedroom home. I'm sorry, a one bathroom home. And our, uh, our bathroom had flooded into the kitchen. So we had to move out with the one-year-old into a um, hotel. We lived in a hotel for a month at that point. So I can remember watching Pablo Sandoval on my phone in the dark while the one-year-old slept in a hotel. Um, and, you know, just like screaming you know, silently, you know, hoping not to wake the baby up. So, uh, yeah, it's weird how those things stick with you. There you go. Then, go ahead, go ahead, go for it. What, did, did you lose to Anton that year? I did. That's what I thought. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar, like, uh, groin kick where in the very first day, Ryu got hurt. 
uh, went like one third of an inning, got hurt, gave up three or four runs. And then I had two starts the rest of the way and there was no making up for it. So um, Becker, you've been in the league for, I think three or four years. It's hard for me to remember. What would a championship mean to the tones here? It would mean a great deal. Uh, I, I spend way too much time uh, consumed by both baseball and fantasy baseball. And it would be really validating, I think, to, to win. Even so, it, it's really nice to have kind of had a competitive team and to be in the finals with Brophy. I, I think I shared this in a previous pod, but when I first joined the league and it was in, in 2018, I realized very quickly that that Brophy was one of several kind of owners to beat, but everyone kind of Brophy was the common denominator of of like the guy, right? And so I, I remember asking Star, um, maybe in my first, probably in my second year, like, what makes what makes Brophy the guy? What makes him so good? And Star told me that he just has an unmatched knowledge of the the player pool. Uh, and so I, I really took that to heart and thought, all right, well, if, if I want to do that, if I want to be known as like that type of fantasy baseball player, I got to do what he's doing. And so I went from not knowing the 26th guy on the nationals to knowing the 26th guy on every team. And that was a transformation that was probably aided by COVID and really not having a lot else to do. But it's, it's been really fun to kind of invest and throw myself in. So um, it's been an awesome year. It'd be incredibly sweet to win um, and to kind of go against somebody like, like Brophy like, and to win in that instance, I will have earned it. Um, it. It will not be cheap. So that will be pretty meaningful as well. I love these answers. Very heartfelt. I need the listeners to know that uh, if this comes down to a stolen base then it is completely brophy's fault for <laughs> himself by by mentioning that lane thomas was over for lane thomas he, baby he promptly walked <laughs> and stole a base live on the ldb cast literally while he was talking about him so, i think you're breaking news to brophy right now uh brophy <laughs> i need you to know that i believe in jinxes and i believe that your mentioning that 0 for 4 was deadly so that's <laughs> <laughs> how it works uh, heartbroken uh gentlemen i think i think uh we're, we're trying to keep it short tonight um, I wish you both a ton of luck. I, I hope it's an epic matchup that goes down to the final minute and gives you both a lot of, a lot of joy and a lot of heartache uh, because that's what makes this fun. And uh, I'm going to open it to both of you for final thoughts. Brophy, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, no, I think we kind of covered it all. Um, I don't think it, I'm down 9-3 right now, so it's not looking great, but it's obviously very early. Um, Becker, uh, best of luck this week. Uh, your team looks uh, very formidable. So um, hopefully it's a fun rest of the matchup. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. Becker? Yeah, thanks very much, Brophy. Uh, you know, good luck to you as well. I know it'll be, uh, it'll be a good competitive week. I also want to uh, give a shout out to Star. Um, we had a really, uh, I mean, despite what the, the score may have indicated, uh, we were neck and neck literally all season. And I, I pushed hard to win the division because I knew that it would be tough to make it out of that round. So I um, want to credit him as well for having a great team. But this has been fun. Always enjoy it. And um, 
yeah, hope to be talking to you next week. My final thought is this, Becker, I hope that you win because when kids come along, if you guys go that route, <laughs> this gets infinitely harder. So whatever time you, you yeah, you I got to pack it in now. And, and that is that is the true Brophy magic is that he knows how to he knows how to dad while also knowing not only the 26th player on the Twins, but the 26th player on their double A team as well. So on that note, <laughs> um, good luck to both of you. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's fun. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks guys.